Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III, and we are back with a brand new episode of Strange Places. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. On this episode, we're going to do a little bit of traveling here and there. We're going to look at a phenomenon that seems to be happening regardless of where you are and regardless of when you are. Do you believe in time travel? See, I'm uh, kind of on the fence myself. But if these stories we're going to share about time slips are to be believed, then I guess I'm wrong. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll eat my words. And if I have to, I'll do it right here on this podcast. In all honesty, that might not be so terrible. Because the trade-off for being wrong in that case would be that time travel is indeed real. And um, that would change everything if it was true. Technically speaking, time travel does exist, just not in the kind of sci-fi way you're thinking about. According to a TED Ed video by Colin Stewart, Russian cosmonaut Sergei Kirkalev, I know I'm saying that wrong, actually traveled 0.02 seconds into his own future due to time dilation during the time he spent on the International Space Station. Now, he spent a total of 803 days, 9 hours, and 39 minutes in space over the course of his career. That said, though, many are convinced that time dilation isn't the only kind of time travel that is possible. Some folks do also believe in time travel as depicted by everything from H.G. Wells's stories to Back to the Future, everything in between. There's <laughs> lots of stories about it. It's difficult to find stories online that are actual real accounts from real people. Many of them are either urban legends or uh, stories that center around people that I've been unable to verify actually exist. But if you dig hard enough, sincere and documented accounts do exist. Are the stories true? Are they false? Are they examples of people who believe with all their heart that they're so true, even they might not actually be? We'll judge it here. These few tales that we're going to tell are excellent stories to tell at any rate. The first, like, see, this is the thing here. There's been so many documented cases of time slips that we're just going to scratch the iceberg here. We're going to talk about the major ones, the ones that I think have the most to work with. The Moberly, Moberly, I say that wrong again. Wow, I can talk today. The Moberly Jordan incident is one of these. In 1901, two English women... Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain took a vacation to France. While they were there, they visited the Palace of Versailles because, you know, that's what you do when you visit France. <laughs> and while they were at Versailles, they visited what's known as the Petit Trianon. I know I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, too, but what it is, it's, uh, it's a little chateau on the palace grounds that Louis the, uh, which one? I have that written down. Louis the Sixteenth gave to Marie Antoinette as a private space for her to hang out and do whatever it was that teenage queens did when they were relaxing back in the day. But while they were there, they claimed they saw some weird things. They said they spotted people wearing anachronistic clothing, heard mysterious voices, they saw buildings and other structures that were no longer present and indeed hadn't existed since the late 1700s. Finally, they caught sight of Marie Antoinette herself drawing in a sketchbook. They claimed to have fallen into a time slip and briefly were transported back more than 100 years before being jolted back to the present by a tour guide. 
time slips are quite different than a ghost sighting or what have you. People describe it as the um, people as, d- describe it as uh, it, it's. <laughs> I've heard it referred to as the Ebenezer Scrooge effect, is that you're not seeing apparitions and you're not seeing what people would refer to as reruns or ghosts or whatever. It's the way yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge was, uh, you know, dealing with in the Christmas Carol. You're seeing these events unfolding around you, and you're not noticed at all. You're transported to where this time is. And it usually just lasts a little bit. It's just a mere glimpse. But it's a very strange phenomenon. See, these two women, did they really travel back in time? Uh, Various explanations include everything from a folie à deux, basically a joint delusion, to a simple misinterpretation of what they actually saw. But for what it's worth, in 1911, roughly 10 years after what they said they experienced occurred, the two women published a book about the whole thing under the names Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont, simply called An Adventure. These days, it's available as The Ghosts of Trianon. Check it out. It's one hell of a read. Something that could be construed as a time slip. This is something that's interesting to me. This is more time traveling, but... To me, it has the trappings of a a slip story. Uh, This here, this is interesting. Project Pegasus and the Chrononauts. In 2011, Andrew DiBasiago and William Stilling stepped forward, saying that they they claimed that they were former Chrononauts who had worked with an alleged DARPA program called Project Pegasus. Project Pegasus, they said, had been developed in the 1970s. In 1980, they were taking a Mars training class you kind of lost me at Mars training class, honestly. At a community college in California, the college presumably functioning as a cover for the program, when they were picked to go to Mars, the mode of transport, teleportation. But the reason I mention this, Basiago and Stillings also said that the then 19-year-old Barack Obama, who they claimed was going by the name Barry Sotero at the time, was also one of the students chosen to go. They said the teleportation occurred via something called a jump room or a slip room. The White House has denied that Obama had ever been to Mars. Only if you can't watching uh, Marvin the Martian, someone said, <laughs> spokesman for the National Security Council. But what's weird is, normally I would just write Basiago off as a complete lunatic. But he said a lot of this had to do with managing these portals that randomly open up for just a few seconds all over the world and harnessing the power of these things. He said he witnessed the Gettysburg Address He even had some really bizarre photographic proof. At one point, he said he was sent back, and somebody who was working for DARPA had already been planted there. Now, he had some period-era clothes that he was going to be issued when he arrived, but the shoes didn't fit quite properly. He submitted a photo taken at the Gettysburg Address. It's a weird picture. There's this younger gentleman in the foreground of the photo whose shoes are like three, four sizes too big. Um, maybe he just studied that photograph. I don't know, but he had submitted photographs, apparently, of, you know, he said that he had gone there. Now, as far as accidental time slips, which is the, which are the ones that really interest me? Victor Goddard. 
Uh, this is a weird story. Like Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain, senior Royal Air Force Commander Sir Robert Victor Goddard, widely known as Victor Goddard, claimed to have experienced a time slip of his own. In 1935, he flew over what had been a RAF station dream in Scotland on his way to Edinburgh over to Andover, England. The dream station was no longer in use. After demobilization following World War One, it was mostly left to its own devices. And indeed, that's what, that's what Goddard said he saw as he flew over it, a largely abandoned, decrepit airfield. On his return trip, though, things got interesting. He followed the same route he had on the way there, but during the flight, he got waylaid by a storm. As he struggled to regain control of his plane, however, he spotted the Drem airfield through a break in the clouds. But when he got closer to it... The bad weather suddenly dissipated, but the airfield was not abandoned this time. It was busy with several planes on the runway and mechanics scurrying about. Within seconds, though, this is weird, <laughs> the storm reappeared again, and Goddard had to fight to keep his plane aloft. He made it home just fine and went on to live another 50 years, but the incident stuck with him. Actually, in 1975, he wrote a book called Flight Towards Reality, which included discussion of the whole thing. Here's the really weird part of that, okay? In 1939, all right, the Drem airfield was brought back to life. What's funky is the, this is this happened completely by coincidence, completely by accident. The uniforms that Goddard said the people were wearing at the airfield did not match the Royal Air Force uniforms at the time he was flying over the thing. So that's what really caught him off guard. When the airfield was brought back, the Royal Air Force changed the colors of the uniforms that the you know employees there wore, thereby matching what Goddard had seen in his quote-unquote vision. Now, everybody at the Royal Air Force, the British government, they claimed to have no knowledge of this incident, said it was just a coincidence. Which, in a way, they should have just said, <laughs> if, I mean, if I was them, they, they, I would have just said, yeah, yeah, we got it from you know his account. We thought it was a neat story, blah, blah, blah. By saying it was a coincidence, that really kind of raises an eyebrow. Now, there's the photo of uh, that a lot of people have seen, which we don't know is an actual time slip or what have you. But it looks like one. The hipster time traveler. Have you ever seen the photo of this? Look it up sometime. Back in the early 2010s, a photograph depicting the 1941 reopen, reopening of the South Fork Bridge in Gold Bridge, British Columbia in Canada went viral for seemingly depicted, uh, depicting a man that looked a little bit too modern to have been photographed in 1941. He looks, in fact, like a time-traveling kind of hipster-looking guy. Graphic t-shirt, textured sweater, sunglasses, everything. The photo had not been manipulated, and you can pull up the original online taken from The Negative. What the hell's happening? Well, Snopes had plenty of reasonable explanations for the man's appearance. Each item he's wearing, for example, could have easily been acquired in 1941. But the bottom line is that it's never been definitely debunked. So the idea that this photo could depict a man from our time who traveled back to 1941 persists. Look at it and tell me what you think. Now that I'm looking at this, I did not have this one pulled up originally, but I do want to mention another weird photograph. Um... Let me see if I can find it here real quick. There's one that really freaked me out. Usually these uh, usually these photos don't really, you know, uh, you could usually explain them, in my opinion, 
but there's one in particular that's really freaky to me. Uh, where the hell is it? Actually, there's a lot of photos like this now that I'm looking. <laughs> uh, you know, the famous Mike Tyson fight one, right? Or it looks like someone's straight up holding an iPhone, taking a video or a photo of the boxing match. This is way before the iPhone was around. World Cup 1962 shows, um, yeah, like at the bottom of the photo. Look it up. World Cup 1962 travel, traveler photo. It looks like someone's holding up a cell phone. There are arguments that there were cameras that looked similar at the time, but damn, that thing looks like a flip phone. I don't know if it's a case of pareidolia or what. There's an image from 1943 that shows British factory workers escaping to the seaside for a break during the midst of wartime. The clothes and beachwear of most people certainly fit the era, but in the center of a frame appears to be a man dressed like Mr. Bean checking a mobile phone. That's freaky. That's not the one I'm looking for. Where is it? Okay, there it is. Yep, I found it. Okay, the one that really freaks me out, the one that you've just got to see. There's a picture called that people have dubbed the Time Surfer. Another image of an out-of-place individual like this that I believe fits the time slip thing, just by the look on the man's face, and I'll explain this. Another image is an out-of-place individual that people have latched onto as proof that time travel is, or time slips is a reality. The image dates back to over 100 years and shows some really smartly dressed Canadians sitting on the side of a hill. On the left-hand side, though, sits a young man in what appears to be just a t-shirt and shorts, tussled hair, looking like absolutely nobody else in the photo, even his age. He was quickly referred to as the surfing time traveler due to how unusual his attire is. Others have suggested people in the photo appear shocked by his appearance. Well, yes, you can definitely see that. There's a woman on the right that's kind of gesturing to his direction. There's a person sitting right next to him that's kind of leaning away, and the guy on the other side looks completely freaked. Like, what the hell is this guy doing here? The thing that fr that fucks with me is the, um, you know, out-of-place individual in the photo looks completely spooked. It's a weird picture, and it's legit. It was analyzed. It's Everything in the photo was taken at that time. This guy looks like nobody else in the photo, nobody else at the time. And this guy looks terrified. He, he honestly does. His body language, the people around him, it's a very, very strange photo. And it does appear like this guy just popped into existence right there. And there's a lot of examples of this. Uh, but that's the one that really freaks me out. Now, the time anomalies, as I guess you could put them... <laughs> otherwise known as temporal distortions or time slips, have been an interest of mine for quite a long time. You have the story of one of my favorite authors, Ambrose Bierce, who we know a lot about time slips because of the fictional stories that this guy wrote. This was one of his things. One of the creepiest stories I've ever read was about a story that Ambrose Bierce wrote about a guy that goes out to his in the middle of his field while his uh, you know family is a wife I believe is working in the field and he just disappears. The wife can hear his voice out in the field and it's getting quieter and quieter and the guy's becoming more and more panicked. There's a lot of stories of his like that. 
um, soldiers on the brink of death that experience time slips. And he's a really good writer. Check him out. But Ambrose Bierce's own story is a bit mysterious as well. A lot of speculation as to what, where the hell this guy ended up. He just disappeared out of nowhere. A lot of people think he faked his death. A lot of people think he went to this country or this country or this one. But the circumstances, the letters he wrote on his, you know, <laughs> before enacting whatever his plan was. A lot of people believe that he knew how to manipulate time slips himself. That this was a huge area of study for him. And he actually achieved it. Bizarre. Now, there was a story about Angela Carlton and a man, Roger. This is out of Pembroke, Wales. Roger said that he and his family had visited Pembroke Castle in Wales. This is uh, this hit the internet quite a while back, and this was one of the ones that actually garnered quite a bit of attention because the, the guy was able to verify a lot of this stuff and other people that were there. They visited Pembroke Castle in Wales. They were climbing the tower, and he was a flight or two above his family. When he reached the top of the castle tower, he glanced out over the river and saw it was full of medieval boats. He thought there must be some kind of a festival going on, but when he remarked on it, not only had his family not noticed it, but he went on to, you know, they went to look out at the river. Nobody else saw any boats. And everybody else said, there said this normally mild-mannered guy, or what seemed like him, was in a complete and utter panic. He had no explanation for this, didn't make a big deal of it. He said he probably wouldn't have mentioned it if, uh, you know, <laughs> he wouldn't have mentioned it if he didn't see the reactions of everybody else, or so he said. He said he must have been very, very frightened because there were a lot of people there who didn't see shit, but believed him. There's... A lot of the stories in medieval England that are about I me, mean, there's some out of Bull Street in Liverpool. It's just everywhere as far as England goes. Time slips. It's a very interesting phenomenon. It makes me think of uh, Stephen Hawking. Remember? Uh, <laughs> one of the big things was, does backward time travel exist? And people have been asking themselves this forever. And in his incredible wisdom, this just proves how smart a guy <laughs> that um, Stephen Hawking truly was. And basically, he just goes, okay, hold my beer. I can figure this out. And he said, uh, what he did was he threw a time traveler's party. All Any time traveler, any time slip, you know, whatever person that was uh, going through this, any anybody who was capable of doing this was invited to his time traveler party. But here's the thing. The way Stephen Hawking did it, was that he threw the party the day before he announced it. Brilliant. What a smart guy. I just thought about that. You know, thinking about that, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> ah, smart dude. He, before he even announced that he did it, he held the party the day before in the past. Obviously, nobody showed up. So he said, you know, that can reasonably prove that backwards time travel is not possible. Who wouldn't? want to go back and hang out with Stephen Hawking. And Stephen Hawking said, I mean, he had food, he had drinks, he had everything ready to go. And nobody showed up. That's a very, very, uh, that's a compelling uh, experiment to me. That's 
That's an incredible experiment to me. A lot of people overlook this, what Stephen Hawking did. Because what time traveler wouldn't want to hang out at his time traveler party? <laughs> you know what I mean? What time traveler would miss that for anything? And nobody showed up. That proves to you that either backwards time travel is not possible at all. Or, you know, time travelers, whenever we figure it out, we just either want to remain incognito, don't want to answer any questions, or anybody that experienced any kind of time slip or knows how to time travel uh, just really doesn't like Stephen Hawking. <laughs> I don't know. Just because it's real, and I, I'm always, I always go back to this at the end of, at the end of it. These are just a few stories about time slips that have been documented. That then there's people who have studied this phenomenon that have said these portals open up everywhere on Earth and they only last milliseconds. And if you happen to walk into one, I mean, there's out of place individuals. Stories like this are everywhere. Uh, there was one that I didn't have pulled up that now I'm thinking about it. Um, this one's interesting. Rudolph Fence. This is a... Uh, where the hell is it? <laughs> okay, here we go. The Fence legend describes how one evening in mid-June of 1951, at about 11.15 p.m., passers-by at New York City's Times Square noticed a man of about 29 years of age dressed in the fashion of the late 19th century. No one observed how he arrived there at all, and he was disoriented, he was confused standing in the middle of a fucking intersection. He was hit by a taxi and fatally injured before people were able to intervene. The officials at the morgue searched his body and found the following items in his pockets, okay? A copper token for a beer worth five cents bearing the name of a saloon which was unknown even to older residents of the area. A bill for the care of a horse and the washing of a carriage drawn by a uh, library stable on Lexington Avenue that was not listed in any address book. $70 in old banknotes, business cards with the name Rudolph Fence and an address on Fifth Avenue, a letter sent to this address in June of 1876 from Philadelphia, a medal for coming third place in a three-legged race. Now, <laughs> odd items, yes, but none of these objects showed any signs of, signs of aging at all. Captain Hubert Rim of the Missing Persons Department of the NYPD tried using this information to identify the guy. He found that the address on Fifth Avenue was part of a business. Its current owner did not know Rudolph Fence. Fence's name was not listed in the address book. His fingerprints weren't recorded anywhere, and no one had reported him missing. Rim continued the investigation and finally found a Rudolph Fence Jr. in a phone book from 1939. Rim spoke to the residents of the apartment building at the listed address who remembered Fence and described him as a man of about 60 who had worked nearby. After his retirement, he moved to an unknown location in 1940. Contacting the bank, Rim was told that Fence died five years before, but his widow was still alive and in Florida. Rim contacted her and learned that her husband's father, Rudolph Fence, had disappeared. This was a family story, that he disappeared in 1876, at the age of 29, he left the house for an evening walk and never came back. All efforts to locate him were in vain, and no trace remained. Captain Rims, uh, he checked the missing persons files on Rudolph Fence in 1876. The description of his appearance, age, clothing corresponded precisely to the appearance of the unidentified dead man from Times Square. The case is still unsolved. 
Fearing he would be held mentally incompetent, he never noted the results of his investigation in the official files. I could go on and on. I could tell so many stories like this. Are these little vortexes, whatever you want to call them, wormholes, do they open up in our atmosphere lasting milliseconds and close right behind you? Are there areas that you could walk into? Clouds that you can fly in. Twilight Zone has done this. You guys know. <laughs> to where if you walk into these places, you can be transported. Does this exist? I think a lot of these stories are incredible. But they're notoriously hard to prove. <laughs> How are you going to get the evidence? Even when I, you know, doing research on Rudolph Fence, which I am really clamoring to do right now. I know I'm at 24 minutes, but I'm not really finding a lot as far as evidence at all. Rudolph Fence. Here we go. A lot of people see him as a fictional character. He was considered to be an unsolved mystery as well as a case of possible time travel. It's known as an urban legend. A lot of people see Rudolph Fence as a fictional character. There's just, there's not a lot of evidence here. But I don't have to go to something as skeevy as Rudolph Fence to talk about time slips. There are stories all over the place of people just appearing out of nowhere that don't belong there. I could go round and round and round with this thing. But what I keep going back to, in my mind anyway, is that photo in Canada. When was that one? When was that taken again? Let's see. What was what what did they what did I what was the name for that guy? The surfing time slip, something like that. <laughs> uh what did they call him? Surfing time traveler, something like that. Okay. Here we go. As soon as the web page loads. Gee whiz. Okay, here we go. My god. Internet is a perfect time for it just to go. Nope, not going to do it. This is the one I keep going back to in my head. Like I said, your first instinct is always the best way to go. And what I'm going to say is based on this photograph, just the reactions of everybody else around him. This photo was analyzed and nothing was screwed with. Nothing. This guy does not dress like anybody from the time period, even leisurely, even casually. These people are sitting at the beach on this hill. They're still, you know how people dressed back then? This thing is over a hundred years old. And men, even his age, are still wearing their hats. The women are wearing their dresses and their swimming clothes, you know. You know how people dressed? But everybody's reaction to him, there's people pointing at him in the photo. The guy himself in the shorts and tussled hair and t-shirt looks startled, terrified even. There are people leaning away from him. There are people staring at this guy in the photo like, holy shit. Look at it for what it is, really. Don't overanalyze things. Just look at what's in the photo. Man, I'm, I'm serious. If you ask me, if I can't prove any time slip story at all, I think this one is a photograph of an actual time slip. I really do think so. It's right there. It's black and white. It's clear as crystal. 
People did not dress like this, man. You wouldn't be out caught dead in this kind of stuff. People fo- posed for photos in a certain way back then. People dressed a certain way. I know. Let's take the dress out of it. The reactions to this guy. Everybody else in the photo. It's chilling. It's absolutely chilling. Take all preconceived stuff out of your head and just look at the damn picture. I don't. Th- I think if we can't prove any of these other time slip stories, this one is a photo of a time slip in progress. I'm just convinced. You might not be, but that's the beautiful thing about opinions. <laughs> I know opinion is kind of a dirty word these days, but that's what makes strange places fun, I think. Time slips, based on this photo, I gotta say, they're legit. I don't know if any of these other ones are, but what are they? What the hell are they? Out in the cosmos, it's theorized that there are certain phenomena that occur which would allow people to travel great distances in no time at all. It's theorized right now. It hasn't been proven, obviously. But if that's true out there, that could be true here in our own atmosphere, right? Makes sense, doesn't it? But I just keep going back to this photo. I'm looking at it in my, you know, video software. I'm zooming in on it. You know, that would be really fun. Tell you what, let's save this image really quick. I'm going to do something cool. Let's save this right here on the podcast. (laughs) I'm going to take this, uh, I'm going to take this sucker into Photoshop. If it'll allow me. Okay, good deal. I'm going to take the sucker into Photoshop. I'm going to really get up in this photo. Uh, we'll be lost if you save the picture. Yes, I want to save the picture. Good Lord, Windows 11. What's your deal? Yes, I want to save the photo. (laughs) Why is it not letting me? This is great. So how are you guys doing? I'm just, uh, yeah, over here, chilling out, just doing my thing. Okay, there it is. It's in my pictures folder. I don't know why I put it in there. I said desktop. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to really, really get up in this photo's ass. Really zoom in on this thing and take a look at it. It's weird, man. I'm telling you. Everybody in this photo, people are pointing at him. People, this is the guy in the photo looks so startled. T-shirt and shorts. The two guys next to him, I'm not going to overanalyze it. I'm not, guys, because it's there. Everybody else in this photo looks absolutely freaked, including the guy right there. Ah. I do, man. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, as the song says. I think this is a photograph of an actual time slip in progress. So with that, I got to say, time slips, yeah, are legit. Can we prove the other ones? No, not really. (laughs) I don't think so. There's really not a lot there. But I think just based on this photograph alone, it's something that does have to be looked into further. So I'm going to put the stamp of approval on this one. I'm going to say time slips are... A real thing. I can't explain it. I don't know what they are, but I am convinced. Now, how about you? That's what I want to know. Let me know what you think. Do you think uh, time slips are a thing? Do you think they exist? Do you think that there is irrefutable, irrefutable, I can't say that word, proof out there somewhere? Is there one crucial thing that I missed? Is there something that could blow this whole thing open that I I completely neglected to mention? Let me know. Go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817. 
asylum817.com all together asylum817.com for all things strange places related for all things me related I'm uh, also a writer I'm a painter I have another podcast called No Disclosure it's kind of a weird news humor podcast go to asylum817.com check it out all the social media links are there as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get early access to shows bonus things giveaways at certain tiers all kinds free art all kinds of awesome stuff so check it out even a donation as little as a dollar a month really helps man it really truly does for those uh, patrons who already helped me out special thanks to you the kunkel homestead youtube channel david peterson donald haynes thank you guys very very much you keep this show going really you do actually (laughs) i appreciate it so thanks for listening to this episode of strange places and remember will we ever run out of strange places i don't know because every town has a strange place and maybe one day We'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is the place for an independent or unsigned musician to get their music on every streaming platform imaginable. If you want your music out there for the world to hear, look no further. See, I'm picky with sponsors. If someone contacts me to be a part of this thing, I want it to be a company and a product that I actually use myself on a regular basis. All of my albums and singles that I've ever released have been through DistroKid, so believe me when I tell you they are the real deal. I've been a musician for a long time, and when I say that DistroKid gives you 100% of your royalties, I still feel like I need to pinch myself. The industry does not work that way. For only 20 bucks a year, yeah, you heard me right, 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music you made and get it out everywhere people stream music. My albums are worldwide, yours should be too. By going to the link provided in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year of the already insane measly 20 bucks a year. You'll be supporting the show and getting your music heard, so check out the affiliate link in this episode's description. Thanks, DistroKid, for being a part of Strange Places and for giving this old dog an audience.